Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Last week, just in, in a way of recap for those of you that weren't here, but last week I preached uh, the first part of a two-part series called When God Raises You Up. And we talked about how that man is carnal and God is spiritual. We talked about how that man strives for democracy. Democracy is people governed when the church and God's work is a theocracy, which means it's God governed. And so we talked about that. And so we talked about how that as Christians we are to live according to the government of God, to the government of God. So we talked about when God raises you up and we started talking about the foundation of promotion. In Acts chapter 5, I took you verses 29 through 40 where the apostles were thrown into prison for preaching in the name of Jesus. An angel came and set them free and they went down in the marketplace under the instruction of that angel and the next morning were found still preaching in the temple. And so... The church folks came, the Jews and, and those that were part of the church, came the high priest and had them arrested quietly because they feared the people and they brought them before the people and was talking to them about how they shouldn't be preaching in the name of Jesus. And Onesimus stands up who was a doctor and a philosopher of the law and he told them, he said, if this work, and he gave examples of other people that had done it there in that passage. And then he told them, he said, if this work be of God, it can't be stopped. So let's just turn them loose and leave them alone. And they said, okay. And so in the scripture, the Bible said they beat them and let them go. And they counted it an honor to be persecuted for the name of Christ. So we so that was our springboard scripture. And that's what we were talking about. How that when God raises you up. And in the words of Onesimus in the scriptures in Acts chapter 5. It says if this work be of God it cannot be stopped. And I encouraged you and I want to encourage you again today. If you're hear hearing this for the first time. If you're doing a work of God and it's God inspired and it's God's idea and it's wor and you're working under the government of God there's absolutely nothing that any man woman boy girl demon devil in hell can do that will stop you because you're working under a higher power and you're submitting yourself to a higher form of government which is kingdom government so we talked about that. So we talked about the foundations of promotion being prayer and fasting. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark 9, 25 through 29, we talked about how that there are some things that only come out through prayer and fasting. I mean, we can learn all we want to about exorcism. We can learn all we want to about the move of God, about deliverance and helping people get set free. But there are some things that requires, in the words of Jesus, prayer and fasting. Then we went to obedience and faithfulness, and we talked about the blessing of obedience. And then we spent the majority of our time, or the last half of the message, on, on how to remain faithful. And we went through James chapter 1, and I'll touch it real quick. James chapter 1, verses 12 through 22, where verse 13 encourages us, in so many words, to not blame God. Quit blaming God for the bad things that are happening in your life. It's not God's fault. 
Then in verse 16, the Word of God teaches us to stay away from error, to stay away from false doctrines, and to stay away from destructive mindsets. And then verse 17, the Scripture says that we are to recognize that good and perfect gifts come from God. They come down from God, and so we receive that. Verse 19, we received instruction from the Word where the Bible said that we were to be swift to hear and slow to speak. And in Proverbs 29 and verse 11, I gave you a personal example of that as I was picking on Mark. I gave you a personal example of that where the Bible says that a fool utters his whole mind. And we talked a little bit about how that we should be faithful to the Lord, especially when we're on our social media. Remember that? It's, there's a lot of things that goes on in your life that's just not the everybody's, everybody's um, business. And so just, yeah, you know, just... And then verse 19 and verse 20, be slow to wrath. Verse 21, live holy. Verse 22, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. So today... We're going to pick up on still the foundations of promotion. And we were talking about prayer and fasting. We were talking about obedience. I want to just kind of touch faith a little bit. The Bible said in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse number 1, it says, Then said Jesus unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Now, I want you to understand the Word of God says, when it says it is impossible that offenses may come, what that means in the King James Version is basically that it is impossible for you to live your life for God and not experience offenses. We need to make up our mind right here and right now what we're going to do when someone tries to offend us. And then the Word of God says this, and, and just let me say this. This is, this is a little, uh, just let me say this real quick. Here's what you do when someone tries to offend you. You don't take the offense. You just say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take that offense. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. And I'm not going to let what God has planned for me over the next few months of my life or however long that offense will have a lifespan, I'm not going to allow that to stop me from living in the blessing of the Lord during my life. I'm going to live in peace. I'm going to live in prosperity. I'm going to love the Lord. I'm going to watch my mouth. I'm going to keep the Word of God flowing in my heart and my life. And I'm just going to not take that offense because the only offense that is effective is the offense that's taken and you can deny that offense. You can say, I'm not going to take that offense. But the Word of God says right here, woe to them through whom those offenses come. So I think it's important for us, well, somebody's trying to call me from Lynchburg, Virginia. How do you like that? I thought Jerry Falwell was in heaven. But the Word of God says, Woe to him through whom they come. So we've got to watch our spirits. We've got to watch our heart. You say, Well, how does an offense come? I'll tell you how offense comes. Now, I've told you many times, I'm not an evangelist. Not when I'm here. I'm a pastor. So it's my job to teach you. Here's how an offense comes. And the Word of God says, Woe to those through whom offenses come. Offenses come when we carry through us, when we carry critical spirits. Hello? That's how offenses come through us. And so we don't want to allow ourselves to carry a critical spirit, do we? 
It's okay for us to not agree with what someone is doing. It's okay for us to say, you know what, I just don't need to be a part of that. That's okay. But keep your spirit right. Keep your attitude right. Keep your heart right and continue to walk in love. So the Bible says, woe to him through whom they come. And then the Bible goes on, verse number 2. God's pretty serious about this. Verse number 2, it says, it were better for that person if a millstone were hanged about his neck and he was cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. And when it talks about these little ones, obviously there probably were little children around. But let me tell you something. Baby Christians can be offended right out of walking with the Lord. When a baby Christian sees a mature Christian with a critical spirit, it hinders the growth of that baby Christian. So it's important for us to make sure that we remain mature in the Lord and don't allow the work of the enemy inside of us through a critical spirit. Verse number 3, the Bible says, Take heed to yourselves if your brother trespass against thee. Now I want you to pay very close attention to the wording here. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. Well, I thought the Bible said that we're supposed to give seven, forgive 70 times 7 every single day. It sure does. Let's keep reading here. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. God doesn't put it all on you to just forgive them. Amen. They need to repent. And when someone trespasses against you through an offense, you have a spiritual right to rebuke that person in love. You say, well, how can I do that in love? You can go to that person. You can say, you know, you did this. I'm aware that you did this. I want you to know that I know you did it, and I don't think that was right. Now, I will forgive you if you want me to. But if they say, no, 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 then you're under no obligation according to the Scripture to forgive that person. Now, you can't harbor it and hold it, and we don't forgive for them anyway. We forgive for ourselves because if we don't forgive, then we're bottled up, and all that offense is bottled up inside of us. And so, But I just wanted to clarify that the Bible says in two verses right there that you can rebuke them, and if they repent, then you forgive them. Then we go to verse number 5, and the Bible says, And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. The foundation of promotion, part of the foundation of promotion is that we live by faith, that we walk by faith, that we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that we believe that we are who he says we are, that we believe that Calvary really happened, that we believe that Calvary paid for things, that we are recipients of everything that happened on the cross. And so we need to increase our faith and realize that on the cross, He forgave us of our sins. On the cross, He washed us and cleansed us and made us new again. On the cross, He set us free. When He took the crown of thorns, He paid the price for depression and oppression and those things. And when the blood was shed, that would cleanse us from those things. Discouragement and despair was paid for with the crown of thorns. When he was hanging on the cross, 
The church today is not living in the fullness of what Calvary paid for. And we have a right to do that. The disciples looked at him and said, increase our faith. That lets me know several things. Number one, it lets me know that we should be living by faith. Number two, it lets me know that there are different levels of faith. In fact, the Word of God teaches us there are times when the Bible said, O ye of little faith. And then there's another place where Jesus, and Jesus said these things. And then another place where Jesus says, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in Israel. So that lets me know that there are different levels of faith. You have, uh, the Bible said that every single one of us have faith. God has given us faith. What we do with that faith and how we receive more faith and how we strengthen the faith that we have is totally and completely up to us. So Jesus looks at him in verse number 6 and he says, And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. So we see that one of the foundations of promotion is living by faith. So the foundations of promotion that we talked about is prayer and fasting, faith and obedience, and remaining faithful and faith, and and then obviously the Word. The Word will work if you work the Word. Now, the second thing that I want to talk to you about are the mechanics of promotion. I've seen God do this. When God raises you up, there are certain things that begin to happen. First of all, God creates supernatural alignment through kingdom connections. Supernatural alignment through kingdom connections. When God gets ready, now listen to me. When God gets ready to raise you up, he's going to add people to your life that can add to your life. Listen to me very closely. When God gets ready to raise you up, He's going to add people to your life that will add to your life and there is a possibility that he's going to subtract people from your life that have been draining you. Sometimes we fight the handiwork of God in our life. Sometimes we say, oh God, I don't know why they're leaving. I don't know why they're leaving. God knows why they're leaving because they don't have what it takes to go with you to the next level where God is taking you. Let them go and embrace the ones that God is bringing into your life so they can function with you on the level that God is taking all of you. So many times we say, well, I can't, I just, I don't know. You know, I just want the Lord to do it. I want the Lord, I just want God. Listen, if God could take you where he wanted you to go with the people that's in your life right now without adding anyone else, then you would already be there. The mechanics of promotion is supernatural alignment through kingdom connections. And God does this in business. Christian businessmen and Christian businesswomen, God will connect you to the right people to help you market your ministry. Those that were around you a lot of times can't help you get to where you need to go. I'm not saying you need to get rid of them. If they're willing to go on the journey with you and grow with you, that's fine. But if they're sitting back there and every time you come up with a new idea or someone comes in and they're a fresh face with fresh ideas and they got new ideas and you got this person sitting over here in the back all the time telling you why it's not going to work, you probably need to ignore the background noise and embrace the people that God's moving into your life. 
all of us can outgrow where we are. And there are people that God will allow to go with you on that journey. But if you're growing, they have to grow too. If they're going to hold you back because I want things to be this way, I want things to be my way, they have to be the way they were back when, and they had to, and all of that kind of stuff. Those are the kind of people that God will eventually allow to leave your life, and you don't need to fight God on that. Supernatural alignment is the mechanics of promotion. The mechanics of promotion. God put, now let me give you some ideas here. Let me give you some scriptures for it, okay? Or examples. God put Aaron with Moses. Right? God put Joshua with Moses. God put Aaron, now listen to me very closely. I want you to see this, okay? God put Aaron with Moses to get them out of the land of bondage and through the wilderness. But when it came time to go into the promised land, God raised up someone else to add to Moses called Joshua. And Joshua was the one that took him on into the promised land. The transfer of the anointing. And this is how God's kingdom works. When God raises us up, then there are kingdom connections and there are supernatural alignments. God put Jonathan with David. Why did God put Jonathan with David? Because there was a season in David's life where Jonathan would save David's life and lose his life in the process of it so that David could go on and do the will of God and be the king of Israel. You see that? So then we go on. God put in Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and verse 5. Let's just go there real quick. Acts Acts chapter 13, and this is a New Testament example. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2. The Bible said, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. You see that? The Holy Ghost said. This is a scriptural example of kingdom alignment. The Bible said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. That's what the Holy Ghost said. They didn't get together and say, well, let's see, you look qualified and you got some great degrees and, and, and you know what, you've worked your way through the political realm and here you are, you all, you, you know, you gotta come like everyone else has, you know, you gotta, you gotta get on the youth board and then you gotta work your way up and then you gotta do this and you gotta come up through the ranks. No, the Bible said in Acts chapter 13, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And the Bible said in verse number 3, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Verse number 4, So they being sent forth, not by the apostles, but by the Holy Ghost. They being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Throughout our life and throughout our ministry and Donna will tell you this is the truth and before I ever married her and knew her it was still going on. But throughout our life and throughout our ministry there have always been people that have tried to stop our forward progress. You know why? Because I won't play the political game. 
That's why. I'm addicted to the Holy Ghost. I'm addicted to the move of God. So I stand here before you today, 50 years old, preaching to 72 nations right this moment. Right this moment, because the Holy Ghost said to me, don't go the way of the politicians, the church politicians. You follow my leading and you follow my direction. And God has taken us, taken us through all of the war and through all of the pressure and through people trying to push us down and through people trying to assassinate our character and all kinds of things. Push, 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 push down. God still raises us up and is continuing to raise us up because we are we are commissioned by the Holy Ghost to do the work of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So we go on here. And then the Bible said, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to minister to them. So we see the mechanics of promotion is supernatural alignment, kingdom connections. And then another mechanic of promotion is not just supernatural alignment, but it's uncommon favor or unfettered access. I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Ever since I was ever since I was 12 and 13 years old, all through my teen years, it seemed like every evangelist that came through our local church would pull me out and prophesy over me that that God is going to have you stand before kings and governors and priests and all of these kinds of things, and God's going to raise you up. Well, you know, I, I was just like, well, Lord, you know, you're going to have to help me because I stutter. And I did. I stuttered real bad. When I was a kid, I stuttered real bad. In fact, when the Lord called me to preach, I said, I can't talk. How am I going to preach if I can't talk? And so I, I had a problem with stuttering. And sometimes I deal with it just a little bit today, but nothing like then. And the, and the Lord touched me, but people would prophesy over me. Listen, I'm 50 years old, and all through the years, as recently as just a few months ago, someone prophesied to me again. And the thing is, is God has already done that. He's had us stand before great people and great men and, and great women and be able to minister to them and lay hands on them and love on them and share the love of God. But as time goes on and, and, and as we accelerate forward and we accelerate forward through the ministries that God has given us. I have noticed that there is an uncommon favor that God has placed on us when we get in those political situations that's like governmental political situations and like one man prophesied to me, he said the anointing of Daniel is on you and you will walk through doors that people try to pry open all of their life. And I've seen that happen. I've seen God just open those doors. What is it? It's the mechanics of promotion. It's unfettered access. Now look at Romans chapter 8 and start in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I did a little message on this here not too long ago. And then we worked up to verse 28 where the Bible said, And because of all of that, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now I'm talking about uncommon favor, kingdom alignment, unfettered access. I want you to see this. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate... 
to be conformed to the image of his son. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah said this, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. What are you saying, pastor? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There is a job that God has for every one of us. There is the will of God for every single one of us, and we have to allow God to use us in that way. We need to surrender to that will. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's why we can be sons of God, because Jesus was the firstborn Son of God on Calvary. He made the way. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And because of all of that, what shall we then say to all of these things? And here's, here it is in a nutshell. If God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, if God's for you, you don't have anything to fear from man. If God's for you, you don't have anything to fear from woman. If God is for you, you don't have to worry about your boss. You don't have to worry. You know what? That boss, that manager that's messing with you better watch it. God might give you that business. <laughs> the mechanics of promotion. Then we go to Acts chapter 8. I want to give this to you. Acts chapter 8. The mechanics of promotion. Supernatural alignment, number one. Number two, uncommon favor, unfettered access. And then number three, this is huge. This is huge. I've seen this so much. I've experienced it so much. Supernatural exposure. Listen. Marketing is wonderful, but you haven't been marketed until you've been marketed by God. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. God always markets the work of the Lord. God will raise you up when he knows that you're going to give the glory to God. God will raise you up when he knows you're not going to say, oh, look what I did. Look how important I am. Look how powerful I am. Listen, God's not into that kind of thing. He's not into that kind of thing. Now look, in Acts chapter 8, I want to show you what happens when God markets somebody. Verses 5 through 8, here's what it says. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, Samaria, and what did he do? He preached Christ unto them. That's what the Word says. He preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing, now listen, and seeing the miracles which he did. He was showing and telling about Jesus. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out and many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and the lame that were healed. And verse number 8, and there was great joy in that city. God marketed the ministry of Philip 
so he could preach Christ to them so miracles could take place because they heard and seen the message and the miracles. Now let me submit to you. We're getting a lot of message today, but we've gotten away from the miracles. Now maybe I'm just a little bit old-fashioned, but I still think that the method of operation that Jesus used will work today. If you look at the M.O. of Jesus, you'll find out that the Bible said that he healed everywhere that he went. He cast spirits out everywhere that he went, demon spirits. The Bible says in the book of John that the world itself couldn't contain the books if they had written everything that Jesus had done. But every single time, nearly every single time, The Bible said that he would do miracles and when the crowd got there, he sat down and taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Our speech and our preaching is not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but it's in the power and in the demonstration of the Spirit of God. When the church starts demonstrating the power of God again, the crowd will come back. We stand up and we preach that he heals, but we never pray for someone to get healed. We do around here, but that's what's happening overall in the church. We gather together, turn down the lights, put on the smoke, get everything going. We get the beat going and everybody starts swaying to the beat of the music and all that. You can get that in a nightclub. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. We're not the church down the street. You can get that in a nightclub. Hallelujah. What we're interested in and what God is interested in us having is walking in the demonstration of the Spirit of God and power. If we preach it, we ought to produce it. And if we don't produce it, we ought to quit preaching it for goodness sakes. Come on now. Hallelujah. Now, the last thing that I want to share with you is on when we talk about when God raises us up. God spoke to me, and I shared it with Donna two weeks ago. Last week, actually. Actually, almost two weeks ago. We're driving down the road, and I turned and I looked at her. And I said, two days ago, the Lord spoke something to me, and I haven't told anybody about it. And I said, I'm going to tell you about it. And I said, I don't know. I, I, I just been testing to make sure that it was the Lord. But I know, I, I know it was the Lord because I know the voice of God. And I turned and I looked at her, and I said, baby, God said we're entering a season where we're no longer passed over but sought out. Yes. And why? Because God knows that in our heart, He's the most important thing in our life. If I can get you to love God half as much as I do, I know you'll make heaven. But I want you to do more than love God. I want to see God perform miracles through you. I want to hear testimonies. I, I, oh my goodness, I should have gotten this. I, should, I don't know if I can find it real quick here, but I got a testimony in the mail last week. Lady that we, lady that we won to the Lord. 
oh, I don't know, how, how long ago was it, Donna? Two or three years ago? Uh, I can't remember. But we won her to the Lord. Let me see real quick if I can find it. And if I can't, we'll just, we'll just move on. But if I can find this, I, I so much want to, want to read this to you. Hallelujah. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if it's there. What a, what a wonderful testimony. Anyways, the bottom line was this. She started out by saying, Pastor, my husband is a saved, Jesus-loving man. She said, in the, in the letter, she said this. She said, we've prayed so much for him, and we have. We've prayed so much for him. And she said, he went back up north and was working up there, up north. And she said, he called me, and he said, honey, I think that I'm being tormented, and I've just been praying and praying and praying. And so she called somebody, and they prayed over, over him and, and led him to the Lord on the phone. He gave his life to Jesus, and he went to bed that night and slept all night long. And she said, he came back down, and she said, he prays all the time. She said, he prays for me. He prays for the kids. We have devotions. She said, we're reading the Bible all the time. She said, he is a changed man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I was so proud of her. Something in my heart just, and if, and if I mentioned, if I mentioned her, a lot of you would know who, you would definitely know her aunt. Okay. You would definitely know her, but I, I don't want to embarrass her because she watches a lot and I don't, hi honey, I don't want to embarrass you, but she's like my spiritual kid. And now my heart just got so full because we'd, we'd prayed so much for him and the Lord used her and used wisdom. She didn't pound over top of the head all the time and constantly tell him, you need to turn or burn. You're going to go to... No, 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 no. She just loved him. She just loved him. She just loved him. And, and the power of God and the message of it. Listen, there's coming a time when God's going to raise you up and you're no longer going to be passed over, but you're going to be sought out. Let me say this about that. No one escapes paying the price. You can't escape paying the price. You have to learn how to work for God and be faithful at the same time. Faithful when things aren't going your way. Faithful when decisions are made that you don't agree with. Faithful when you've been passed over time and time and time and time again. Remember what I told you last week? Every time you're passed over, every time someone gets promoted above you, it's like God pulling you back a little bit farther in that slingshot. One of these days, God's going to cut you loose, and when he does, you're going to soar, baby, soar. I mean, the power of God is going to going to be on you and you're going to be able to soar hallelujah soar into your destiny now you say why do I have to wait so long because preparation precedes promotion why in the world would God send 500 people to this church next Sunday morning. We don't even have a place to put them. God's not stupid. He's pretty smart. If you want God to work for you and you want God to work on your behalf, then you need to prepare a place for Him to work in your life. Do you see that? Preparation 
precedes promotion. But we need to let go of what needs to be let go of. There are things you're holding on to you need to let go of. Mindsets, people, goals. You might be believing God for this when God wants you to have something way over here. Got to let it go. Got to let it go. And then the last thing I want to share with you is this. When God raises you up, always remember that all the glory goes to God. God doesn't raise us up for the light to shine on us. God raises us up so the light can shine on the cross. So the light can shine on Jesus. I've told you for the last eight years, there are no superstars at this church. The only star is Jesus. He's the bright and the morning star. Revelation chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says this. Verse 11, I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, the beast, the elders, the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Wow, that's a long list, isn't it? And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. All glory goes to God. All glory. All glory goes to God. So, when God raises you up, He'll put a foundation of promotion under you. When God raises you up, you'll notice the mechanics of promotion working in your life. And all of that will eventually lead you to the place where you're no longer passed over, but you're sought out. All glory goes to God. Amen. Let's stand. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.